0: welcome to the texas values report this is jonathan Sines, president of texas values great to be with you on another glorious weekend in the state of texas I hope you're enjoying time with family. I'm going to be on the ball field today, okay? It's end of season tournament time for my boys' baseball team, and it's been a lot of fun. You know, this is the first year that I have not coached my boys in baseball, and I've really enjoyed the change of perspective, if you will. And so I've coached them for, I think, probably five years and so I felt like it was time to kind of step back a little bit and let them do their thing and and so on. But I'm going to be out there rooting for them. I'm going to be, you know, try not to be one of those obnoxious parents, but I'll do my best. But, hey, look, we're going to get into issues of faith, family, and freedom because not only are kids playing baseball this weekend, somebody's probably coming to your house and block walking because we've got runoff elections that start next week. They start on Monday Early voting starts, and then the main election day is the following week. And so, in order to talk about those issues and set those issues up, we got a great guest today, one of my dear friends, Pastor Dave Welch. Y'all have heard him on the show before, he's been a frequent guest. He leads the U.S. Pastor Council, also, the Houston Area Pastor Council has been very active on the issues of faith, family, and freedom, but particularly in the church community. Dave, Pastor Dave, excuse me, welcome back to the Texas Values Report.
1: Good morning, Jonathan. How are you this morning? Good.
0: You know, you and I see each other so much. Um, sometimes I drop the formality. But hey, look, you know, you are you are a pastor. You have the heart of a pastor. You know what it's like out there in the church community. You had a wonderful event earlier this week that I was able to attend in the Houston area. And, and look, all of the work that's related to these type of events, so much of what you do is trying to get church leaders and church folks, if you will, more engaged in the election process, in the culture battles, and getting them more informed. Talk to us about why those issues are so important.
1: Well, Jonathan, as, as we talked about the other day at the candidate forum we did here for Congressional District 2 uh, runoff election, uh, our mission is to help reconnect the churches to one of the fo- foundational ministries that we're called to participate in, and that is the the Ministry of Governing. We are given the privilege in this country of of, uh, exercising God's authority to govern ourselves. We delegate that authority that comes from him to those among us that we choose uh, to then act in the positions of governing office from school board to the White House. And if we don't participate, then we take the very light that God called us to be, be and just literally just turn it off. And that's not acceptable.
0: Well, look, I thought the event you had the other day was great. You know, the Congressional District 2 is an open seat vacated by Ted Poe. This is a congressional seat in the greater Houston area. There's also a congressional seat here in Central Texas, CD21. There's a congressional seat up in the Dallas area. There's two seats, actually, up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But there's a ton of Texas House seats that are going to runoffs. And so runoff elections, early voting starts next week. This is likely the last Sunday, if you will, before the election starts for pastors and church leaders to engage. Tell us why it's so important for there to be an important pulpit message on encouraging people to go vote.
1: Well... You know, any, every election is an important one, and, and and that's an essential that we're trying to really restore into the church. But, look, you know, these uh, runoff elections, primary elections, municipal elections are historically low turnout, in fact, single digits turnout. And, uh, you know, first of all, we need to remedy that. And we need to get people out and participating across the board for just the simple reason. It's our duty. But beyond that as well, we have an inordinate impact. When the church steps up and the pastor really leads, says, Folks, this is part of what we do as citizens of this country and that God requires of us that we have to go vote and participate. And if the pastors will help push it and get it on everybody's radar screen and make it a priority, we increase those numbers substantially. And when you're talking about a you know, 4, 6, 8% turnout, in many cases, you uh, increase that by 2 or 3 or 4% or 5%, that's a huge difference that can, can help change elections.
0: No, absolutely. now I'm going to drop a link for people, if you will. Freevotersguide.com is the website that our organization has where people can get information on the candidates. Dave, you've got a great website. Tell our listeners where they can get more information about the work you're doing.
1: Our website is, is uspastorcouncil.org. That's uspastorcouncil.org. And we also uh, have a faith votes part of that website that we have all of our voter related information on uh, for pastors to get. And uh, we, we link to other organizations that we partner with, like Texas Values. Uh, and I vote that, that uh, help provide resources to churches. Um, so, so that's a, a place where we help them, and ultimately to help make sure they're getting their people well informed. Uh, we don't want to just go. We obviously the important part is to pray, study, and uh, go cast an informed vote. That uh, we're we're choosing as Exodus 18:21 requires able men who fear God, who love the truth, and who hate dishonest gain. We want the right people in there.
0: Well, let's talk about some historical, if you will, election results. In other words, election results uh, in the past, just to give people an idea of the importance of voting. And you know what's interesting too, you'll because of of the, you know, current climate we're in and maybe the past 40-50 years, people will hear this phrase separation of church and state. Some people think, "Oh, well, you know, do Christians really have a role in the government? Should we kind of step back on that?" I think that's absolutely ridiculous when I hear people say things like that. But whatever the reason, there are some people out there that sometimes they're good Christians and they kind of have this conflict in their mind of, oh, well, you know, is that right? Absolutely it's right. That's what our country was founded on. But sometimes people need to be reminded. They need to be educated. And what I want people to remember, too, is the closeness uh, and and the margin of difference can be so small. As To your point, Dave and a lot of these elections turnout is lower it's going to be maybe a third of what it was even in the primary when you talk off, talk about a runoff election and and there was a, a re- election result here in the um in, in the central texas area where we're broadcasting from even though our shows online and you can get it from wherever you are across the world but here in the central texas area there was a race that was decided by four votes about 10 12 years ago dan Neal, a republican Ran up, ran against a Democrat, and I'm forgetting your name (laughs) here in the Austin area, a state representative you'll probably think of it in a minute, Dave, but um, he lost by four votes. This guy was a All-American football player for Texas. He won a Super Bowl, I think, with the Denver Broncos. Real nice guy. He lost by four votes. Briscoe Cain, a couple of years ago in the Houston area, won by about 20 votes, 25 votes. So every vote counts, doesn't it, Dave?
1: Absolutely. You know, when we, when we think about the, how much, and, and Jonathan, you, we've all heard this phrase, well, you know, my vote just doesn't make that much difference. Uh, and w- when we start looking at it, first of all, your vote is a gift from God to delegate his authority to someone else. And so it's not a matter of if it's going to make a difference. The issue is uh, you're going to vote. And as, as I reminded our pastors the other day, everybody votes. And there's and it's, it, you know, the one important thing to remember is that when we look at at scripture, especially that authority was given by God. Jesus himself affirmed that all authority in heaven and on earth had been given to Him. So our worldview says that that all authority in, uh, in heaven and on earth are under God, and then ultimately Jesus reminded Pilate that the highest levels of government authority are subject to God as well. Now, in this country, we carry that authority. We exercise it with our votes. So one vote uh, is your vote, and that's, that's the duty that you have. And beyond that, uh, one of my favorite examples here is here in Houston, where in the 2011 election of uh, Anise Parker, our infamous lesbian mayor, her first time running for re-election in a city with one million registered voters, she avoided a runoff election by only 600 votes. Mm. Okay. And and that was, of course, uh, several years before we had to go and spend two years and tens of thousands of man-hours and a million dollars to defeat a bad or- ordinance that that mayor pushed through uh, that would have criminalized Christian business owners and allowed men and women's restrooms. But it all stemmed back because most of the people in the city didn't show up, and the margin was so slim that she was reelected, and that was the real problem.
0: Yeah, look, elections have consequences. And sometimes the consequences, we don't like them, right? And then you're like, oh, how have this person get into office? Well, because people went to the ballot and voted, or maybe you didn't go vote. You know, some uh, particular individuals, right, they'll they'll complain, but then they didn't participate in the election process, I want to talk about that vote, though, in Houston. You know, the the infamous bathroom ordinance that got voted down in the city of Houston. This was a, a piece of legislation that put sexual orientation and gender identity into a protected class at the same level as race and gave the city so-called discrimination protection on these issues and enforcement powers that would have applied to private businesses. So the government was going to get in your business in more ways than one and fine you and, you know, potentially put you out of business, uh, bring you up on charges on all these issues just because you want to run your business based on Christian principles and things of that nature, or you didn't want a man going into the women's bathroom. We know that, well, many of us know the whole story, but what I want to key in on is a week or two before that ballot vote, Dave, you and I were talking, many of us were talking, people were predicting, would it be this, would it be that? I believe the local newspaper said that the opposition was going to win, that the ordinance was going to pass, if you will, by, I don't know, 10 or 12 percentage points. That's right. And I mean, yes. and look, I got nervous. I mean, I felt like our chances were good, but when a poll like that or that info comes out a week or two ahead of before the vote, you know, you can't ignore it. And we got down to work and got busy, but that was the prediction is that the opposite, they were going to win and this new bad ordinance was going to place. Fast forward, we know what happened. Sixty-one thirty-nine. okay? Our side won, if you will, that bad ordinance was voted down so you didn't criminalize Christians and you didn't have a local law that allowed men into women's bathrooms. But what I want people to understand is if you believed the quote-unquote poll before the actual vote, if you believed what you were hearing, you might have said, well, what's the point of going to vote? Our side's going to lose. When that wasn't even close, they were wrong. The predictions were wrong. And I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. The only poll that matters is the ballot box.
1: Am I right? That's exactly right. Look, because first of all, even if you take the best of intentions, uh and unfortunately, that's the that's not the the, the rule. That's the exception in polling. Uh, then things change very rapidly when it comes to this. But in the end of the day, most of the time, and I think in this case in particular as well, it was really push polling. It was an intent to try to discourage voters and uh, with misinformation. And uh, so you know, so again you know, part of the challenge we really have and John we go back we go back for years and years we we've 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 drilled and many others out there, uh go vote, go vote. And yet overall statistically, if we look at the voting of particularly just amongst you know, Protestant churchgoers, Catholic churchgoers, church going citizens, uh, there are very little material change in the number over the years of people who actually are participating. And and, and that's our contention is that part of the reason is our why is broken, and in this country, again, remember that. Look, uh, I was with at a gathering last night with a group that was honoring our veterans. Uh, you know, one of the things we are, are doing much better at today in this country is that very thing. But you know, it just astounds me that we're willing to to affirm and send our sons and daughters, husbands, wives. And, uh, and are, are just over to harm's way, to go fight for freedom, to die, to suffer, to sacrifice, uh, to preserve our freedom. And yet the very thing that actually does it more importantly, more consistently, of assuring just government, the government uh, that uh, operates according to the laws of God and the Constitution, this is our part of it, is we vote and it's been too easy for too long. So it's real simple. This is our duty. It's our responsibility. It's our part of preserving freedom. And every election is is an opportunity to exercise that. And the, the more we drill that into our folks saying, look, it doesn't matter who's on the ballot. It uh, doesn't matter whether you like the candidates, whether the issues are important to you at that moment. Uh, it may just be a school board election, a city council race that bo- you think are, are boring issues. Well, Jonathan, we found that... Those city council and those school board votes actually can be pretty important, aren't they?
0: No, absolutely. I mean, that is where we see the groundswell, if you will. I hate to even use that word, but we see an increase in activity where we see the, you know, the the other side, the sexuality movement, the LGBT movement, whatever you want to classify it as, the effort to change our laws are happening so much at a local level because you think, oh, city council, our county people, they're going to fix the roads. Maybe they're going to put up a new park or whatever. No, they're over there trying to use your tax dollars to pay for transgender surgeries. They're trying to use your tax dollars to help Planned Parenthood in their operation where they're killing babies. I mean, so it just is incredible, the activity we're seeing at the local level. And so people need to engage Big races, though, on the runoff ballot. Texas House, there's numerous seats. Uh, U.S. Congress, there's numerous seats that are up. Uh, State Court of Appeals, there's several Court of Appeals races. There's Third Court of Appeals here in the Central Texas area, up in Dallas, other areas. Um, You'll know, Tell us what you're doing, your group is doing, in the final week and a half, if you will, uh, before the final election date.
1: Well, we've been working to put information out to our pastors and our churches with all the key election dates uh, we're asking them to make sure they're putting it into all their church communications uh, from their the websites, their their social media, from the pulpits on their screens that they get these dates up in front of everybody. Of course, as you said, election uh, runoff is May 22nd. Uh, we have early voting starting, uh, was it the 12th? Um, and so, what we have to do is just get it in front of everybody, and uh, our, then we're pointing toward, you know, the, uh, some of the resources like uh, uh, iVote. That are uh, we? Uh, I know that you and But Weinberg we will both work with that to help give them good information about candidates, and just just make sure we're we're making it a priority. Uh, everybody's busy right now, and and you know we've had three. You know we've had. Special elections we had one in the city, of Houston here uh, for a city council runoff this month we got the you know local municipal races in smaller communities this month you know so this has been a really crazy month, even more than most, of having to get the people out and put this on the radar screen and It can be kind of election fatigue but this is this runoff on may twenty second as you said is far too important. Uh, for people to just to let it slide, so we're, yeah, we're calling let, on our pastors everywhere. Get it out, you know, get it up on the, on a priority level for people to make sure they participate.
0: And let me drop the dates for y'all again. Monday, May fourteenth, is the first day of early voting. The last day of early voting is Friday. So Monday through Friday of next week, you can do early voting. And, you know, look, the, the the part of the convenience of early voting is a lot of times there's more places for you to go versus if you wait until Tuesday, May 22nd, the main election day, usually there's only one location you can go to. But check with your local county election office to find out that details or go to freevotersguide.com. We've got links there where you can find this information. But Monday, May 14th is the first day of early voting. Tuesday, May 22nd is the main election day. And so, you know, look, this is all upon us. We've got this Sunday coming up. Let your church leaders know. You want to at least let people know there's a runoff election. Most people don't even realize there is an election, you know, not to mention who they're going to vote for.
1: But so, No, that's right. And, and, and just to remind everybody, too, Jonathan, this is a time where we get, have an opportunity to decide how strong the conviction level is in the Republican Party, uh, the philosophy of each party, because this is this is where it happens. And so if, we, if we're frustrated uh, when Republicans act like Democrats in the last legislative session, then the primary and this primary runoff is where we fix that problem. And we can get people of stronger conviction and principle in those positions. So when we don't show up, then we end up with the same results. So it, it, we've got to make this happen.
0: Well, and two, two of those big seats... Are, are, are seats that were held by elected officials that actively blocked legislation at the Texas at the state level. One of those was the Privacy Act, and that particular legislation does relate to what happened in Houston. It it is a law. That, number one, would not allow cities like Houston to pass laws where the government can get into your private business and punish you if you don't think it's appropriate for a biological male to go into the women's bathroom. You can have a family bathroom, but in these multi-stall bathrooms, you know you should be able to have the right to decide how those things are handled. Houston doesn't want you to do that. Dallas already has a law that doesn't allow you to do that. So the Privacy Act would have said, no, no, no. These government, local governments can't do this, particularly at a public school where we see some of these issues happening. But there was a seat up in the central Texas area held by Byron Cook. He blocked legislation that would would have been common sense on these issues. So we didn't have local governments forcing you to allow men into women's bathrooms and, and violating the rights of Christian business owners. Um, And then you had Joe Strauss, the Speaker of the House, doing the same thing. He was blocking that legislation, even though the majority of Republicans supported the bill. They wouldn't let it come to a floor vote. So Strauss' seat, he's no longer running. That's up for grabs. Byron Cook's seat, that's up for grabs. Very important races that are on the ballot in those issues. And so freevotersguide.com's got information on that. But Dave, you're right. I mean, the balance of power and how these things could go could be tipped based on what happens in these Texas House runoffs in the Republican primary, because we know going into November, those districts are all going to vote Republican. They're not going to vote Democrat. So it's being decided in the primary right now in this runoff election.
1: No, that's exactly right. And and look, you know throughout history we've been reminded, and you know people are familiar with some of these quotes. Of Sir Edmund Burke, you know his infamous, famous statement: "The only thing necessary for triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing." Going clear back to Plato, he said the penalty good men pay for indifference to public affairs is to be ruled by evil men. Uh, Billy Graham said that bad politicians are elected by Christians who don't vote. So this is our chance.
0: Well, you're right. And, and that's one reason why I don't get a lot of sleep sometimes is because of those quotes like that that are just burned into your mind and you're like, you know, and so, but hey, I'm human, so I do got to sleep every now and then. But I think there's no question, Dave, you're doing your part, my organization, and I hate to say my, this team, so many of us, right, we're doing our part. We now have access to the right information, but it cannot happen Unless our people, if you will, get out and vote. only Every vote is just for one person. So I could say it louder. I could say it 100 times. But the only way we're going to get there is if people go vote. Dave, uh, before we close out, I just want to say how much I appreciate the work you're doing. I appreciate your leadership, your focus on engagement through in the church community, particularly in the state of Texas. So God bless you for what you're doing. Keep it up, and we're going to see what happens in the next week or so.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Jonathan, for all that you do as well. And and, and our reminder to pastors and everyone else is: this is not politics, it's ministry.
0: Amen. All right, Dave. Pastor Dave Welch has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. We've been glad to have him. Pastor Dave, we will talk to you again soon. Thanks. God bless. Yes, sir. God bless. Hey. I know I'm all fired up today. I'm shouting a little bit. Elections matter, people. You have got to vote. And there's no excuse because we've got information at freevotersguide.com. If you want to know who to vote for, you want to get election information, freevotersguide.com. Okay? I'm going to keep saying it over and over. You're probably going to hear a 30-second little pitch on this radio station that's going to be repeating. Freevotersguide.com. Early voting starts uh, Monday, May 14th for the runoff elections in the primary. You know, look, I I will tell y'all, when I was younger, I always voted, but I wasn't that involved in politics. I did some block walking. I did a few things here and there. And so, you know, I get it. You don't have to be an expert, though, okay? You don't have to know. You don't have to be at the Capitol all the time. You don't have to be a lobbyist. You don't, you know, all you need to know is— when to go vote, and to know that it's only going to take maybe half an hour tops. I mean, you know, early voting it is lower, so you're not going to have these big lines like you do in a presidential election. You get in and out. I went and um, voted in my local elections a week or so ago. It took me about three minutes. Okay, so don't don't make up any excuses, but don't let too much time go by and and, and run out of time. Okay. Go to FreeVotersGuide.com, check out information about the candidates, and then take a few minutes. I took my kids with me. I like to do that just to kind of remind them of the process and, and let them know that their father is engaged on these issues and it's something that hopefully they'll remember. All right, before I forget, Mother's Day is tomorrow. So i just give a quick shout-out to my mother, Denise Signs. So, uh, you know, maybe she listens to the show sometimes, maybe she doesn't. She certainly cares and supports the work that we do, but, you know, look, I am thankful to have a mother who is so focused, committed, and still a very important part of my life As you know, I go through different stages in life that change, so does she, and, you know, different things that we have in common and interests we have, time together um, that that we share with my grandchildren and, uh, excuse me, her grandchildren, my children, and things of that nature, and so... You know, uh, look, I mean, this is something that, you know, you can probably never say enough, but is to say thank you to your mother. And I probably told this story before. I'll tell it again. It's probably one of my favorite stories about my mother. And so at, at one point we moved to a different area of the Houston area, and it was right around football season. So... I was very active in football as a young kid and, you know, Pee Wee football and all that good stuff. And so I think we missed the cutoff to register or something for that because we were new to the area. And my mom walked down there to the head of the league in person, and I don't know what she did or said, but I ended up on a football team. As a matter of fact, I ended up on the Houston Oilers, which was my favorite team at the time. They used to be in the Houston area. And not only did I get on the team, I had good success and we won the Super Bowl for the league that year. And so thank you, mom. I still have the jersey from when I participated in that team, hanging up in my closet, something that I will never give away. You will never see it at a garage sale. Maybe I'll pass it on to my children. But much more that I could say about my mother. Make sure you take time and however it's appropriate for you to say thank you to your mother And, you know, look, I mean, there's just so much there and the the gift of life and and so on that is special. And so don't forget to say thank you and let your mother know how much you love her, because I do love you, Mom. And we'll talk to you next week here on the Texas Values Report.